0: Like I said, we're going to work through Matthew 2 today. And this will just be a special sermon, a standalone sermon, talking about Epiphany. And then starting next week, if you're around, we're going to get into the book of Ruth. And we'll do a series through the book of Ruth. But today, I want to walk through this passage with you today. And I want us to consider are we like the wise men or the kings? Or the Magi, which we're going to get into, why I'm saying all three of those. So starting in verse 1, chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, what I want to do today is I want to build this story from the Scriptures. Not from tradition. How many kings or wise men do we have up here? Help me out. Who can count? How many? Three. Traditionally, we see many times that there are three. The scriptures don't say that. The scriptures don't say that. They mention three gifts, but they don't say how many there were. We just know that there was more than one. Because it's using the plural there. Could have been five. Could have been ten. What do we know about them? They came from the east. What does that mean? Well, ultimately, that term that's used here, wise men or magi, it's where we get the words magic or magicians from. So there are those who do wonders. A lot of times it's these magi that would study the stars. They would see things. They would know things by the stars. They would study the arts, magic, illusion, those type of things. We know that they're mentioned in Scripture a couple of times. They're mentioned close to the Babylonian Empire and the, the Persian Empire, which would send them further east from Jerusalem. It's going to be over there Iran, Iraq, and further into the Middle East and then into Asia from that direction. So all we know is that some of them, we don't know how many, came from that direction. But there's a lot of debate of, we. I mean, these guys, as you see here, they have crowns on their heads. I mean, there's a song, We Three Kings. You familiar with that song? So apparently, there's some tie here. Why do we have these things? Well... What's interesting is nobody really knows. All we know is this term magi is used. Well, it's also referred to, sometimes translated as wise men, because they are thought to be those who were wise. Also, we see that sometimes magi were kings. Even Daniel was thought to be one of these men who were wise Kind of this Magi feel about him, and they were considered, he was honored. Kind of in a kingly way. So there's not a lot of evidence for why we would say they are. So, we don't really know. One thing that may give us some clues in Scripture, if you'll open with me, or flip over to, Psalm 72.10. Psalm 72.10. Psalm 72.10, it should be up here as well. Just in the, in the middle of this psalm, it talks about, May the kings of Tarshish and the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Saba bring gifts. This is talking to about a king that existed and that these kings would come. If you go to Isaiah... Flip to the right a little bit. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60 talks about the future glory of Israel. Listen to what it says here in Isaiah chapter 60. You can follow along in your book or again on the screen. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, a thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise... Upon you, And his glory will be seen upon you, and the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Hold on to that there, don't forget that. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see, they all gather together. They come to you, your sons shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant, your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring, check it out, gold and frankincense, and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord." Flip back over to Matthew. Some Bible scholars, some pastors and things, would say that if you look at those verses, because again, the, the places where the, the, the names of where those guys were coming from, these kings, were again from the east. So some would say that that's why we say that these are kings that come, is because those were prophecies speaking about kings who would come and they would bring tribute to the king. Wise men, magi, or kings, I say this to you, I think ultimately it's not extremely clear because we can learn from them no matter which one they are. When we get to the close of the sermon, that's how we're going to get our application is from each one of those. So for now, let's hold on to, just, just say, wise men, magi, kings, it's okay, they came from the east and they came to Jerusalem. Starting in, or Going back to verse 2 now, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. Now again, realize that these guys were far away. They were not part of necessarily the Jewish people. But if you know anything about your Old Testament, you'll know that the Jewish people were once in captivity under probably where these guys were from. So they would have learned a lot about the Jewish people in the Old Testament in particular as they had Israel captive to them, especially if these were wise men. They would have been searching. So what's interesting is, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? How do they know that? How do they know that? Then, for we saw his star when it rose. How did they know that was his star? Again, these may be these guys that kind of watch the stars, but how did they know that that was the king of the Jews' star? Maybe, flip with me to Numbers real quick. The book of Numbers 24. 24.17 in particular. If you're familiar with the book of Numbers... Balaam or Balaam, depending on how you say it. He gives these different oracles. And he says here, starting in verse 15, again, 24, Numbers 24, starting in 15. And he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, the oracle of a man whose eye is opened, the oracle of him who hears the words of God and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty falling down with his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. Behold him. But not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. Who's Jacob? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, the people of Israel, and ultimately that fulfillment is in Jesus. He's true Israel. A scepter, or star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheath. A star shall come out of Jacob. It's possible that the wise men from the east, when they had Israel with them, it's possible that they were familiar with this and they were looking for the star that would come. Maybe. But other than that, we really don't know how they know this. That's the best guess that I have for you. God revealed it to them, either through this or in some other way, but he revealed to them that the... Christ would be born and that he had a star and he was to be the king of the Jews. And look what it says, and we have come to worship him. Have a question for you. Do you worship him? Do you worship him? These guys who weren't even in this area traveled a long way to go and worship him. Do you worship him? Do you search the scriptures like they possibly did so you can worship him? Do you notice him? Look what what happens. This is so incredible to me. They've come to worship him. Listen Listen to what Herod says. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled. Now, why would the king be troubled? Just before they said, We came to find the king of the Jews, he's the king. Herod's like, I'm the king. Now he's finding out the king of the Jews is coming. Whoa, he's troubled. Makes sense. Okay. Although you would hope that the king would want to worship the true king. But no, he wants that power. Okay, that makes sense. But look what's next. This is even more concerning. And all Jerusalem with him were troubled. All Jerusalem were troubled when they heard that these guys were coming to worship the king of the Jews. Why in the world would they have been troubled? Shouldn't the Jewish people in Jerusalem be excited that the king of the Jews has come? Shouldn't your kids be really excited when you're about to get home if you've been out for a little bit? Mom and dad are coming home. This is exciting. Oh, we just got a text. Mom and dad are coming home. This is concerning. Why would you be troubled? There should be no reason to be troubled. You should be excited. King of the Jews has come. Mom and dad are coming home. Unless you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Right? <laughs> there's a lot of parents going, Oh yeah, I know this. Leanna's turning red. If you're not familiar, there's some of my kids up here. Unless... You're doing something you shouldn't be doing, like the king saying, I'm the king, king of the Jews. I'm troubled by this. And all of Jerusalem, all of God's people, guess what? They weren't waiting. All of Jerusalem was not waiting for the king. They were doing things they shouldn't have been doing. And now they were troubled that the king is coming back. Isn't that interesting? So here's the question. How about you? The king's coming back. Are you excited? Or is there a bit of you that's like, a little troubled by that? Got to get some things in order. If God's spirit's kind of pricking you there, saying, need to get some things in order, again, got to stop and always do this. We don't get things in order so that God will love us He already loves us. He gives us His Spirit. His Son dies for us on the cross in our place for our sins. After three days, He rose for our salvation, our justification. He already loves you in Christ, so get things in order. You're free to get things in order. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you don't have Christ, you're not going to get things in order because you can't, ultimately. But if God's Spirit's pricking you a little bit saying, hey, you don't want the master to return and be ashamed. Get some things in order. Change some things. Repent of sin. Whatever it is, confess it, repent of it, and move forward. So that way, when the master comes, you're not troubled like Herod and all of Israel, all of Jerusalem. So, Herod, this king, and all Jerusalem, they're troubled. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Do you notice that he does this now? He had access to it apparently before. But now he says, find out where he's supposed to be born. Another question. He wasn't looking for the Messiah. Neither was all of Israel. The question is, are you even looking for God? Are you even looking? I have to ask you. Because if I don't ask you, who's going to? Are you searching in the Scriptures? Are you looking for God? Would you even notice? What's incredible is this star, right? This star, which there's different ideas. It was just a a meteor. It was, I think, one said uh, Jupiter and Saturn lined up perfectly. We don't know. But the creator of the universe, the one who sustains everything... He can make some star thing, bright light, which he is, the light, ultimately. He can make that work, so we don't have to explain it. It's okay. But that existed, and apparently the king and all of Jerusalem didn't even notice it. Right? Because they saw it. The wise men from the east, they saw it, and they traveled for a while. Again, they couldn't just hop on the express train. It took them a while to get there. They saw it when it rose, and they're saying... Oh, we've come to worship him. They didn't, they weren't searching for Jesus, and they didn't even notice that the star was around. Are you searching for him? And do you notice God when he's around? Do you see him? Do you see his work? Do you do you see something and go, oh so thankful for those coincidences. <laughs> Glad those things work out. Just great how all those things match up for me. There's no such thing. You know that, right? There's no such thing. God is sovereign over all. He, even if you take dice and you roll dice, scriptures say He decides what they land on. So when you lose at Monopoly, stop complaining. (laughs) That is God teaching you something. God, there's no luck, doesn't exist. Stop saying it. Stop saying, hey, good luck. Hope the universe is favorable towards you. Doesn't work that way. That's not scripture. There's grace. We don't believe in luck. We believe in grace. Do you see God working around you? Are you looking for him? Those two questions. They asked him where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, and you of Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Shepherd his people. Who Who shepherds? Who does that role? A shepherd. Do you know what Jesus calls himself in John 10? Do you know what he calls himself? The good shepherd. Showing that that's him. That prophecy comes out of Micah, chapter 5, 1-5. through five. We won't go there, but I encourage you to look it up on your own. It's so neat to see, again, we were talking about this in Sunday school, prophecies exist for a couple different reasons, but one of those is so that we can know that God's Word is God's Word. If we know that God's Word is true because we've seen it, over and over, these prophecies that come true, then we can continue to trust in it. But another thing that it does is it points out the Messiah specifically. We were talking about it and in Genesis chapter 3. There's the first prophecy about the Messiah. And it's ultimately that it's going to be a son of Eve who will crush the head of Satan. But again, as it goes through history, as these prophecies come, it gets more and more narrow. And specifically, this one here, out of Micah, talks about where he would be born guess what? That means there's a lot of people who are not the Messiah because not a lot of people were born here at a certain time in a certain place. And it gets narrowed down more and more through prophecy. So I encourage you to go and read Micah and check it out. Moving on to verse 7. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. Again, had no idea when it came. They couldn't see it. And he sent them to Bethlehem. Now, he did his research. Okay, great. I want to find out. If you're not familiar with this story, you're going to be in for a surprise shortly. Because he wants to worship with them. He wants to go with them. Listen to what he says. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may too come and worship him this is where as your pastor I need to encourage you to be careful be careful not everyone who says that they love Jesus really love Jesus they may do some things that make it appear that they love Jesus like go and search for him and I'll come too let me know they may be on TV and tell you certain things they may be in this church they may be in this building and tell you certain things. Not everyone who says they love Jesus really loves Jesus. And we need to be careful. We need to compare what they say to Scripture. We need to trust in the Holy Spirit. And we need to look at the fruit of the works that come. A good tree gives good fruit, a bad tree gives bad fruit. Be careful. Just be careful. So Herod's trying to trick them, as we're going to see. Verse 9, After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. It got very specific and brought them. That's why I don't think it was a huge meteor. That would be really close to where Jesus was. But again, however God does it, it comes over and guides them. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Again, one more question here. When you see God doing something, when God is leading you to somewhere, when God is taking you to the next thing He has for you, as you see that beginning, do you rejoice because you know your God is taking you somewhere, even if it's a bit scary? Do you rejoice with great joy because you can trust Him, because He's trustworthy? Let me encourage you, trust Him. He's trustworthy. He loves you. Wherever He's taking you individually next, wherever He's taking you as a family next, wherever He's taking us as a church, part of that is Ashton and Julie coming. Let's rejoice with great joy about what He's doing. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, His mother, and they fell down and worshipped Him. How do you picture that? They come through the door. Do you you picture it like I do? Like they just boom. Right? Is that how you picture it? That's how I pictured it. I was like, they just come in and it's just like boom. It just drops down. That much joy, that much excitement. We found him. We've been journeying this long. We found the Messiah. It's real. He's real. We can worship Him. We finally get to worship Him. Isn't that incredible? They weren't even in Jerusalem. They weren't around the, 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 the spiritual, churchy people. They're from the East. Maybe they were kings. We don't know. Wise men, they're searching. They, may have, they had Israel possibly living among them at some point, so maybe they had access to the Scriptures. God reveals it to them. They see the star. They go, and they don't even care. They go to the king of this area and say, "Hey, where's the king of the Jews?" Right? Go to the White House. Hey, where's the next president? We're here to worship him. <laughs> what? What are you? What are you talking about? You're not going to be. <laughs> we're not going to be your friend. That happens. Go to some king. Go to the pharaoh in Egypt. Go in and say, "Hey, where's the next pharaoh? Just looking for him. I want to worship him? Not you. Where's he at? <laughs> not going to go. Well, they don't care." Now, they may have been foolish, that's some debate, but they don't care. Why? They've heard about the king of the Jews. And when they get there, they're going to drop down and worship him. Do we worship him that way? When we see him, do we notice him? Do we see him when God's working and do we just worship like that? Finishing up here, guys. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These three gifts, again, that's a lot of times where we get the three kings that come from. These gifts, again, there were some practical uses for it. It's possible that uh, the gold that was given, when they leave, if you know the story, after this, Herod wipes out a bunch of kids, a bunch of baby boys. Wipes them out. Slaughters them. Does. Why? He doesn't worship like the wise men do. He wants power for himself and he kills many. That's why he's trying to find out, when did you see the star? and says, two years and younger, and he just wiped them out. But God brought Jesus down to Egypt, again, to fulfill another prophecy. Out of Egypt, I called my son out of Hosea. It's maybe that that gold funded that trip. <laughs> some of the other things of frankincense and myrrh, it's interesting, those things uh, certainly can fight, you know, some people say, oh, that, the reason they gave those gifts was because it would fight infection, and they're really great uh, spices and really helpful, and eh, The meaning in that song we sang earlier, the We Three Kings. Oh, we didn't sing it, but I mentioned it earlier. It talks about those different gifts. And the gold many times, you can imagine, king, a kingly gift. Some would say it talks about his divinity, perhaps. Power. The frankincense, it's actually mentioned in Exodus chapter 30, And it's the idea of um, the priest would burn it and things. So some would say that this is Jesus being his priestly role, foreshadowing his priestly role, that he would be the priest between us and God. As he would die for us, he would be that sacrifice ultimately. So that way we could be a kingdom of priests through him. And then the myrrh, it's interesting, it's actually used for embalming in the time, foreshadowing. His death. I think that's probably more accurate to why those specific gifts. If you come tonight, we will be having a king's cake. Any of you ever heard of king's cake? Not very many. Okay. not <laughs> backfire. Uh, we'll be having a king's cake. And ultimately, that's a tradition that if you go down, especially down into New Orleans, be very careful with that. But they celebrate these King, king's cakes. And what it is is something that you can do as a family. Heather's making one for us uh, tonight. And it's a king's cake, and ultimately what they do is they hide a, a baby Jesus in there in the cake, and it has different colors. It has gold and purple and green to represent these various ideas of uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and power, and faith, and justice. And inside there is the baby Jesus, and whoever finds it wins something. We won't be bearing baby Jesus in the cake, but we will have the cake tonight for you to come and, and have. And this is just another way for us to engage and redeem things that are happening, just like with um, when we talked about with with Halloween and other things like that. We have Reformation Day, things that we can redeem. A way for us to worship is trying to redeem certain things, and that's part of what we're, we'll be doing tonight. So if you come, you can have some king's cake, and it'll have that gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 12, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. They come, they worship, they give gifts, They listen again, dream interpretation is part of it. God reveals to them, don't go back to Herod. (laughs) And they leave. In closing, here's what I want to say wise men. If you want to say they're wise men, great. That means they were men who have just this great wisdom. But what's interesting is even though they were wise men, they recognize the one who is God's wisdom the fullness of God's wisdom, who is Jesus. And they come and they worship and they seek wisdom from Jesus. If you want to say they're wise men, great. Here's the application. Worship Jesus in such a way and and ask Him for His wisdom. If they're magi, magicians, they look for wondrous works. They want to see the wondrous works that Jesus would do. Here's the encouragement. If you want to say that, fine. The application is, look to Jesus who does wonderful things, including redeems you by his death. Maybe they're kings. Great. You want to call them three kings, they're three kings, however many there are. But don't miss the fact and be just like they are. How often does a king worship another king? Only one that really gets it. So if they're kings, then follow after them. And when you see the king of glory, when you see the king of the Jews, when you see him, fall down in worship just like they did. Go ahead and close in prayer. I want to invite you to respond right now with an invitation. The invitation is, if you've never worshipped Jesus, if you've never worshipped the King of the Jews, the the King of all, the King of glory, if you've never become a Christian, today's the day to do that. Great time. You can pray in your seat or you can come down here, pray with me. We can pray after. That's your response. You have nothing else to do. If you're not a Christian, you have no other response except become a Christian. That's it. Just focus on that today. If you are a Christian, we're asking, I'm hoping that God's Spirit has revealed something to you today. He's revealed maybe that you're not quite ready for the, you're troubled if the King comes back. Confess that to the Lord and repent of it and move on from it. But in some way, respond, whether it's Seeking wisdom from Christ, looking at the wonders of Christ, or just worshiping Him. You can respond that way too. Let me pray. Father, we love You and we do thank You for Your Word. We are thankful that You have given us Your Word so, and we know that it's true. We're thankful for the prophecies that we see, Lord, about Your Son. We are thankful that we can open Your Word and that we can see that there are others that you are bringing to yourself from all tribes, tongues, and nations. You bring them from the ends of the earth, and you actually send us to the ends of the earth to bring them to you. Continue to do that in and through us, Lord. Help us to see where we need to change. Help us to see how we need to respond today. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, each one of us would. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.